you are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. Finally. Finally yeah. back. Finally here. Sorry for last week. Yeah. <sighs> it was one it's of those. It's been a while, man. Yeah. It's been like two weeks now, like two full weeks. So happy Turkey Week for those who are still here considering our absence from last week. Thanks for staying here. We are here. We have once again had to troubleshoot Mikey's fucking audio. <laughs> hey, man, let me explain something to you, okay? You know, I do my part, and I get this high-tech webcam for your pleasure and viewing me in HD quality, True. and it turns out, not my fault, but the webcam's fault, that it decides right. to use the onboard microphone. Right. And not my condenser. Right. So nothing to do with the fact that you're also a YouTube streamer, so you also have a camera requirement for that, right? Silence. Okay, let's move on. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on straight to the fun stuff. You ready? Straight to the oh, fun man. stuff. Um Nick yes. Diaz is reported to be coming back. I don't know if you know this. Nick Diaz uh has re-entered the uh, he re-entered the USADA, United States Anti-Doping Agency Testing Program, earlier this year. He was recently seen on ESPN calling for a showdown against Jorge Masvidal. Um, so that's that's you know that that's definitely a question. That's definitely a cool thing, but a question to that that to to think of is is Nick Diaz really back? He says he's coming back. He's always talked about it. I think. Um, I think him coming out and saying what he said, if you haven't seen it, he uh, he did an interview with Ariel Hawani. He was saying, like, you know, I'll fight anybody. But he kept talking about Masvidal, right? He kept talking about primarily about the fact that, uh, you know, he watched his his little brother get beat up. And then he heard the, the trash talk from Masvidal. So he kind of wants to get in there and, and prove himself. Now, mm. Nick Diaz hasn't fought since January 31st, 2015. And that's when he lost the decision to Anderson Silva, which turned into a no contest because Silva tested positive afterwards for uh, for banned substances. Diaz also failed, but he failed for getting high, so he, they detected marijuana. So not really a performance-enhancing drug. So he hasn't really done anything since then other than like party, get sponsored for weed companies and all this other shit, right? So nothing's really happened, okay. but... Do you think he's actually back? No. You cut off. You cut off, man. I didn't hear the question. Oh, do you think he's actually back? Um, you know, I mean, look who else took like a, a four-year hiatus, right? I mean, GSP. I mean, the thing is, is I Nick has been active. You know, it's not like he's been a couch potato just smoking pot. You know, he's been smoking pot and training. True. And, uh, he, he's, he's still been rolling. I, I believe, I believe he's been partying a bit more. But I definitely heard that he's been. Uh, I think he's back into fight camp mode. Earlier this year, yeah. earlier this year, yeah. they were like, "Okay, well, let's let's see what you got." But at the same time, I don't know if you've seen him. He doesn't look like he's in the best of shape yet. I think that's oh, why. Of course. I think that's why they're targeting for him his return next year. I think his manager said uh, they're aiming specifically for the springtime of 2020. For him to come back. Makes sense. Right? Makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I'd say definitely give it more time. I mean, as far as possible talk of him versus Masvidal, um, this might be a little uh, weird for me to say, only because I have certain you know outlooks on the whole business side of the UFC, but I think it would sell. And I, I would probably watch it. I would absolutely watch uh, Nick versus Masvidal um, because it creates a story. Right, it's like, oh, you just beat up my little brother. Now I got to go defend him. Yeah, type of thing. Yeah, and you're right. I'd be curious actually to see how he would do against Masvidal, um, especially with this hiatus. Dude, that's that's ring. That's going to be. He last fought in 2015. That's a five year ring rust situation. Yeah, we're going on five years. Five yeah. years of ring rust. Now, on the bright side, I feel like the Diaz brother style of fighting is pretty simple. It's not like you have to do too much, I think, compared to a, a cerebral style like GSP, if we're going to talk about George. But the style of, you know, box, slap, you get taken down, you get taken down. Who cares about leg kicks? That kind of thing. 
On the yeah. bright side, it's a pretty straightforward style of fighting. The downside is I don't think he has the striking acumen against a guy like Jorge Masvidal. So while I do want to see it, a part of me wonders, where is Masvidal going to be in springtime 2020 with his career? And is, does Nick Diaz really want to come back for a Masvidal fight? Does he want it just for the hype of what happened to Nate? Or is he going to come back and say, I'm back. I'm here. I'm ready to fucking get, get a belt finally in the UFC. You know what I mean? Because I don't know how old he is. I think he's like in his mid to late 30s. He's, I was going to say he's got to be in his late 30s. Yeah. For sure. So it's like, um, what do you what do you what are you doing, man? Like he openly said, he openly said, I remember, remember when we saw that video when he was saying, I don't want to hurt nobody anymore. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I just want to party and bullshit. I just, and he's just like getting high and hanging out with people. Like, I don't need to fight anymore. I just want to fucking relax and chill. So to go from that to, I'm going to be a killer and I'm going to be a champion of the UFC to go back to that mentality, to that lifestyle. I don't know. That's a harsh, that's a harsh turn in my eyes. You know what, though? Maybe people do need this, you know, these types of hiatuses, though. I mean, people say they're going to retire, but then it turns out it's like, well, no, they just probably needed time off. You know, granted, some fighters get several months off. Some fighters even fight once a year. Uh, Yeah. Conor McGregor's been off for how long? Right. Um, But I mean, also look what he's been up to, you know. Businesses the and businesses, the negativity in the media lately, and oh, true, true, that you know, fighting um, old men in bars. Not yeah. to mention, he lost the last two or three fights. Okay, so of he, his career. Here's a question. So, I mean, Here, here's a question. Everybody talks about this. Do you count his losses, his losses, his loss to Floyd Mayweather as an actual loss in his career? Well, let me ask you this: Would Floyd Mayweather, if if Floyd lost that fight, would that have counted as? an undefeated record for him like a like, no, well, no. like a like his streak of being undefeated would no, that he have been lost, broken because that wasn't an amateur fight he would have lost that would have been he would have been 49 and 1 it would have been a loss okay you know what i mean i mean here's the thing fighting is fighting mma is a mix of martial arts and, and boxing is part of that mix so if you're now going into a different organization you're still fighting okay, you're so, a fighter so you count it as a you count that as okay. So in your eyes, McGregor's been losing for a while. The only time I don't see a fight counting is when two guys get together and say, "You know what? Let's do something for charity. We won't get the UFC involved. Whatever. Let's just duke it out. Whoever gets the prize money will donate to whoever, whatever charity or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like, like the Masvidal versus uh, Anthony. Was it Masvidal? I think it was Masvidal versus yeah. It was Masvidal versus Anthony Pettis in a grappling match? I think that yeah, was exactly. a, I think that was a charity thing, if I remember. Yeah. No striking, just grapple. You know, just just keep it simple, keep it basic. You know, yeah. I I mean that's when it's like, all right, well, no matter what, it doesn't go against your professional record. It's for charity. You true. Know? True. 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 You're right. You're right. Um, I think. I think Nick Diaz coming back. It's going to be a weird landscape. It's like, bro, you left the landscape of the of MMA five years ago. So, what do you think you're coming back into? You think you're coming back as a as a top five ranked fighter? Like, what what are you going to be fucking doing here, man? That's what I just don't understand why he's coming back. You know, I just don't get it. I, I don't understand the inclination for him to return to unless he's just coming back for this one fight to fight Masvidal, this one thing. Ah, uh, but do you think Dana would allow that? Dana was letting fucking BJ Penn have a fight up until he got knocked out outside of a bar in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But even then, Dana was kind of like really trying not to let that happen. And then finally, they came to agreement. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. I, I don't know. I, I can't. Dana White is so wishy-washy where it's so hard to tell what the fuck he's talking about. It's, it's just, I don't understand how he says, oh, um... Chuck Liddell can't fight. I don't want to see him fight. I want to not be a part of helping him fight or do anything about that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then you have him in the in the next like quarter talking about BJ Penn still fighting, and BJ Penn's been like knocked out in four fights in a row or whatever. And it's just, dude, what are you? Yeah, what are you talking about? And it's like, oh, he's got he's got one more fight. It's like, what? No, no, <laughs> BJ does not need another fucking fight. Yeah. 
It's not necessary. I mean, I, I guess it's it's no secret, you know, Dana definitely has his favorites. He does have his friends who happen to be either employees or ex-employees that he chooses to favor over others, and the situation differs, you know, and um, which I'm really shocked, too, especially with the BJ Penn thing, because you would think with veterans in this, not even just the sport, but that particular organization, like... I feel like Dana would try to push these newer guys more than these veterans, you know, although, you know what, they're fan favorites. I mean, I, especially BJ, man, like you, you really got to take into consideration what that guy's been through and his mentality and this whole CTE thing, you know, blowing up within like the last year or so. Oh yeah. Well, the, the crowd, the, the fans becoming more aware of this situation, you know, um, yeah, yeah, no, 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 you're right, you're right, I mean, <laughs> you're right, it's, it's just, it's, it's hard to tell in a sport like MMA, when is, when is there too much, you know, I mean, I mean, I know, I remember for the longest time, people were saying, oh, MMA is safer than boxing, because there's less shots to the head, because you can attack the entire body, and that is true, right, that is true, yep. however, as you mentioned to me, uh, I think last week you were talking about how there has been finally like a full-on death within MMA. Uh, so for those who don't know, a British-Iranian amateur f- female MMA fighter died uh, from brain injuries uh, after fighting on a local UK promotion. Uh, Sai, or Sadea, uh, Ali Taha, was left in a critical condition following her fight on the Fast and Furious 19 uh, card in Southampton, England, and she succumbed to her injuries after the fight. And she was only 26 years old, an engineer. Um, she fought out of a Muay Thai and kickboxing gym, and she was taking care of doctors, ringside doctors, after losing her bout. And uh, yeah, she was in a critical state that she has not recovered. From, she did not recover from. So yeah, like holy shit, you know. You know what I think is a coincidence too. Um, the the first guy, the first young guy too. I want to say he was around the same age, maybe twenty six, twenty seven. Uh, but I believe he was a boxer. Um, I think it's kind of weird because he was also really like he was well educated. You know, he was he either went to college or he was currently in school, um, trying to get his degree in. I, I don't know if it was a food ma- food restaurant management or something. Um, but yeah, now you have this engineering student doing this. And and you know what? When it comes to people in their careers, you know, obviously martial arts is a hobby to most people. You know, like look at you and I, you know, like yeah. for what you do and for what I did. And, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see that variety of people and that diverse, that, like that diversity. Um, but then to make it a career, it's like you can make so much money from engineering. Yeah. Why are you, it, why are you fighting? I mean, so, he, well, here's a better question. And this is a question I want to ask you as a, uh, prototypical martial artist type mindset. Um, are they not doing it just to find out what, like to follow their, to find themselves in their journey in martial arts, right? Like you and I both have had moments in doing martial arts where you find a different level of who you are. You know, and that's that like stereotypical right. confidence that they talk about, like, oh, do martial arts and you'll become confident in yourself. It's not confidence from being able to kick somebody's ass. That's not what it is. I mean, maybe it is that maybe that's a part of it. But a part of it is knowing like your resolve and your composure and who you are deep down when you strip away all of these layers of of your your personality and, and what you cover yourself up as a image and who, how you perceive yourself. And when you're just laid bared. Bear and just open in the middle of a mat, you know, one on one against somebody, in a in a situation. That's where you find who you are. And is that do you think maybe the driving force for why people with secure, rewarding careers are saying, "I need to take amateur fights." <laughs> the thing is, it's like, why do you even have to go that far? Why not just spar people? Like, go to a gym or like, uh, yeah. I just don't see why people can't just take up sparring to get that uh that what is it i'm looking for not scratch the itch yeah yeah like why is it that you have to try to become an amateur 
in this sport. Because this is what I'm a- saying, even for like these retired guys, you know, it's like uh, <laughs> Chuck Liddell. Like we were just saying, like Chuck- what, like what else do we have to prove? Like what else do these guys have to prove coming back? And it's like, why can't they just stick? Most of these guys ha- own their own gyms at this point. Like just train. If you're so dedicated to the sport, the sport or the art, just train. Keep continue doing your katas. Yeah. Do some drills. Work on the bag. I mean, spar with people. But why is it that you have to get back into the sport? You know. Yes, I I 100 agree. I think with pro fighters who are like Hall of Famers, like Chuck Liddell, BJ Penn, they want the money aspect of it because that's their career. So I think that's where they just want a big payday. But you know, there, I, when you say all that, I think of one guy who's doing it right. Joseph Altolini, Bazooka Joe, has the Bazooka Kickboxing Academy, and he has, like, top-level prospects in his gym that he trains, and he keeps training. That dude's still in, like, prime fucking competition shape. You, he, always, I'm always seeing videos of him doing conditioning work on, on, on the bag. He's doing... Uh, power drills on the bag he's doing combo drills with his students and the students are like holding pads like oh jesus christ and he's just like fucking throwing <laughs> these monsters just wow rock rock like dude there's like like and it's it's like cute insta captions like oh like combo saturdays why don't you like here's a combo for you guys for the weekend and it's like this crazy like jab jab like cross like switch left kick up like rear uppercut like switch right kick spinning spinning elbow fucking it's just like you see this poor student like desperately trying to get the pads in position as this professional championship (laughs) fucking kickboxer it's just like Woof, 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 and he's kiying at everything. He's just like, it just like sounds like gunshots, like bang, 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 and it's like that cute little like, like enjoy, enjoy. Hope you guys have a good weekend. Here's your combo. As he fucking murders these pads. Murders the pads. Like, he's doing it right. He's training. He cares about his gym. He's a commentator for glory kickboxing, which makes sense because he's a championship fucking kickboxer. It, it's He stays in shape. He he shows like he shows himself in the gym still. And he's like, I don't want to fight again. It's not worth the, the risk to, to my brain. He retired because of concussions. And then yeah. here he is being like, I need to stay in shape, though. Because that's I'm a martial artist and that's what I do. So he's staying in shape. He keeps training. He's doing skill work and drill work and power work. Like he's doing the whole nine yards. So there you go. That's what you got to do. That's but that's he's the few, right? Did you hear the shit about Floyd Mayweather coming back? No, really? Yes. Yeah, you didn't hear that. Now is this going to be like a one-time situation? Like, oh, I'm just going to come back for one more. Yeah. And then retire again he said he would return uh in the 2020 season at 42 years old he said he'll all come out of retirement hmm yep now is that like you know is that reputable Uh, who knows it's floyd mayweather he fucking says whatever it is just to keep his name relevant um but he posted it's because he posted a picture of him like in phenomenal shape still clearly like he's all wrapped up from doing training so he's got his tape and he's got his trunks on and um Mm. yeah and it's him uh saying like my return 2020 or coming out of retirement in 2020 so who Mm. who that will be who knows but yeah that would be that would be incredible i think it's because he likes money too much if if i knew that i could just make you know hundred millions over a hundred million dollars in one night by doing something i'm i'm possibly one of the best at doing <laughs> it's hard for me to say no <laughs> like it's hard for me to yeah just be like you know what nah i don't want i don't want that i don't want to make 380 million i don't want to make 750 million dollars nope it's kind of like uh, it's kind of disgusting if you think about it <laughs> Dude, like, have, dude. Even if he lost, you figured he's still getting what half that? Dude, have you maybe se- even two hundred? Have you have you seen his videos? His his uh, embedded like when UFC did UFC embedded with him and Conor McGregor. 
No. 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 Dude, I'm going to send you the videos. It's insane. Not a single portion of Embedded is of Floyd Mayweather training. <laughs> it's Floyd Mayweather driving in Bentleys, like <laughs> picking out watches, going shopping at Louis Vuitton. And then it goes from Conor McGregor, like, like doing bag work, coming out of like a sparring session, recovering. And like, he's swimming in like a water treadmill and he's like doing all this shit. He's on the bike. He's going like, ah, 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 like going as hard as he can. And he's got a whole coaching crew around him. Like, go, go, go. And then the next scene is Floyd Mayweather in the mall with like a Louis Vuitton shopping bag. With like uh, like a whopper, he's like and he's just like <laughs> we out here eating whoppers. You know what I'm saying? Champions eat whoppers, and he's just eating the whopper. Like, and we get fries with that, and we get the fries. That's right, we get fries because we champ status. That's right, we champions. And then he goes back to McGregor, and he's you know like outside by himself doing like balance and meditation drills, and he's just like doing all this focus work, and just snaps back over to to Floyd Mayweather, and he's like in a roller rink dancing. He's like, yeah, we rent out the roller rink, you know, we dancing, we having a good time up in here, you know, we just we celebrating, you know, we celebrating, we living life, baby. That's how we live life. And then he gets in the car. He's like, you know what this is? This is like a '92 Mercedes SL 500 S 500. He goes, one of the originals, Mint. Look at this baby, Mint. You see this tape deck? Freshest tape deck. And he's got like actual cassettes. He's like, well, you know we got to play Mariah. You know we got to play Mariah. And he's putting in the tape and he's playing Mariah Carey. And he's like, that's right. Look at this. All all original, baby. We don't touch any of this. This is stock. This is stock 92, top of the class. That's right. We pimps. And he drives away. And then it shows Connor pulling up to the to the, to the physical, the, the what is it? The P.I.? Yeah, UFC PI, and he pulls up in like a green Lambo, pops out, walks in. He gets like he goes to get like physio done and get recovery, and it shows him like you know like getting wrapped up and getting ready for training. Next shot yeah. is Floyd at the dining room table in his house, which is a box of watches. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what watch we're gonna go with. You know what I'm saying? Let me let me show you what I got. Like this one, this is this is 70 G's right here. You see this shit? This is 70 G's. I said I don't like that. Not shiny enough. Do you know what they did? They heard me. They came back. The Hugh blows. Hugh blow came back and they gave me that shiny shiny. And he pulls up like this is 200, <laughs> and it's legit just like five episodes of Floyd Mayweather not training for this fight. And fucking Conor McGregor training his ass off, like and just nonstop with like a whole physical institute behind him trying to manufacture him to be capable in like six weeks to fight Floyd Mayweather. I mean, I know, I know, Floyd Mayweather is training hard off off camera. He just said, "You can't show any of my trainings," like because he knows, right? He's not dumb. But still, yeah. the imagery of these embed embeddeds are hilarious because of it. Just hilarious it, because it goes back and forth between the two, and it just—it's like a Rocky movie. You just—you just see Conor McGregor sweating and yelling and screaming and training and busting his ass off, and then it's just Floyd Mayweather eating whoppers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they open up—they open up the—they open up BKs for for champs. You know what I'm saying? That's how we get these whoppers late at night. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just eating whoppers. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Anyways. Anyways, talking about retirement, let's yeah. move it along because we said it would be quick for a holiday one. Mr. Funky Ben Askren has finished mm. his fighting career. He announced his retirement um, just a little over a year, I think. I think it was a year, maybe a year and a half uh, after he joined the UFC. He's done. He said he's retiring from everything. He was on uh, the Ariel Hawani's MMA show saying i'm done i'm like i'm over all this i'm out of mma i'm out of all of it and he said he's been having hip issues for about three to five years or six or something around that time frame saying um i've been having hip problems for a long time and eventually i was told i need a left hip replacement and that's pretty much it so oh damn yeah so he was like i never mentioned it because i never wanted that and here's something really admirable ben Askren never said Oh man, I have hip issues, so that's why I lost to Masvidal because I couldn't get out of the way in time, or that's why I lost to Damian Maya because you know I didn't have the mobility because of my hips. Uh, he actually even says when he's trading, well, training when he's uh, uh, when he was talking to Ariel and saying his retirement speech, he even said like, "Yo, I want to put it on the record. I never spoke about my hip injury because I never wanted to make it a reason for why I lost. You know, I didn't lose because of my hip. I lost because I just wasn't good." 
<laughs> like I lost because those guys were all better than me. And that's why I lost, which is really admirable for him to say, in my opinion. Yeah. But what do you think of a guy like Ben Askren, which first of all is a weird situation, right? Uh, about Ben Askren retiring, but the weird situation, he gets traded for Demetrius Johnson, arguably the greatest MMA fighter of all time, coming over to the UFC the late end of his career, controversially winning against Robbie Lawler with a bulldog choke, getting knocked out in the fastest KO in UFC history by Jorge Masvidal, and then losing to rear naked choke to an old Damian Maya, and then retiring. So you get three fights out of out of. Uh, Ben Askren, and then he retires. Um, so, I guess I'll ask you what everybody's been asking me. Was this a good trade? DJ Mighty Mouse for funky Ben Askren. You know what I mean? So, considering his record at the time and his, uh, I, I mean, I guess they saw potential. Uh, but I mean, because keep again, a, keep yeah. in mind, keep in mind, you can't just hold it to records, right? Because DJ has possibly one of the greatest records in the history of MMA, right? And you have that legacy versus Ben Askren's, who has a great legacy from Bellator. He still holds, I think, a record in Bellator for like most defenses or something, like consecutive uh, successful defenses. But you have. Ben Askren from Bellator and 1FC come into the UFC for Mighty Mouse and essentially having a controversial fight against Robbie Lawler, having a highlight reel, like launching Masvidal to stardom fight by losing to him in spectacular fashion, and then maintaining Damian Maya's career. So a lot of people are arguing that this was a good trade because you never would have those kind of headlines in the UFC with Demetrius Johnson. Mm. Yeah, that was the problem, right? It was like uh, Demetrius just didn't get the recognition. Every and, and you know what? You pointed it out, too, and I started appreciating him more. It was just that whole division, man. It, it, they just kind of got overshadowed. And I feel like he was such... He was... He's, well, he is, not was, but he is, I mean, extremely talented, one of the best, and just so underrated in a, in a way. And it's because of that division, uh, but I mean, do I think that trade was worth it? I mean, looking at it now, I'd say, uh, Dana kind of got, you know, fucked over. You think but, so? So, okay. So you think it was a bad trade? I mean, okay. It created, like you said, it created moments, right? It created spectacular UFC moments. It created the bad motherfucker belt. The baddest mm, motherfucker belt. It you, cre- actually, you do have a point. It created a that, BMF That is true. Belt. It created a Nick Diaz, Jorge Masvidal, The Rock in the ring with a BMF belt in his hand, wrapping it around I Masvidal's mean, waist. Yeah. Granted, a doctor stoppage BMF fight, but still, a BMF fight. Yeah, he didn't really <laughs> hold true to the title of that. Um, but, yeah, man, I, 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 uh, I'd say besides the... I'd say the the spontaneous luck that came out of his short-lived career with the UFC, I mean, still to retire so soon, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, But you know what? On his end, I would say good for him. Whether it was due to physical health issues, whatever, I'd say he was smart enough to just walk away, you know? Yeah. Um, and this was what, uh, two losses in a row, right? His only two losses. Cause he was undefeated, right? If I'm not mistaken. In one FC he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was undefeated in one FC. Yeah. No, he, uh, he lost to Masvidal and then he lost to Damian Maya. So back to back losses. Yeah. This last one. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, fuck I this. I feel like, you know what? Never mind the hip issue. Like eventually he would have quit anyways. To I mean, take he, care of that. Yeah, but I think the, a fighter knows. Like, you know what? I've been on this streak so far, and now two in a row. It's like, uh, you know, I'm slipping. Maybe it's also because of this physical issue I'm having. But you know, again, fighters are now more aware. You know, this whole CTE thing. It's like, do I continue this? Like, I'm not the same. Let me just, you know, let's let's throw the gloves down and 
and walk out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a good game plan to get in, get rich, and get out. I don't think a lot of people get rich uh, doing MMA, so that part kind of sucks. But at the same time, I think it's weird how that allure is tied to MMA versus boxing. The allure of boxing is being rich. It's money Mayweather. It's it's flashy. It's cars. It's number one top level, you know, uh, promotion and, and cards and and headlining and big time events and oh my gosh, I can't mm-hmm. believe this fight's finally happening. And then you get paid and it's like holy shit, my life has been changed because I'm a champion and I'm so rich. And it's like this weird culture about boxing. While in MMA, it's the complete opposite. You get paid shit, you get hurt. It's about the grind. It's about you know being a company man because you have to fight for individual promotions and you're stuck there and you can't take your belt anywhere else like it is in boxing yeah it's almost like when you become rich in mma you're a unicorn like conor mcgregor it's just holy shit you can get that rich from mma that's crazy um it's weird how that's not the the way it plays out with mma but it does in boxing and because of that there's completely different people there's completely different takes that people have on boxing versus martial arts martial arts people immediately think of this traditional strict rigid you know uh non-flashy thing where it's just no i'm a i am a i'm a mixed martial artist i'm a fighter you know that is that is who i am that is the culture that i come from i've trained in dojos and gyms and all this other stuff and then you have boxing which should have the same thing because boxing is 100 percent a martial art but boxing it's all just no it's brutes it's violent it's bloody it's old school it's disgusting and dirty and sweaty and it's a mess but you know if you want to make money that's where the money is at and you go there and it's this do you understand what i'm saying this weird yeah yeah view on the individual sports you know it's 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 so odd to me how how the the viewpoints the goalposts on the view on the viewpoints are literally at the opposite ends of it they're both combat sports but the way people view it is boxing is this elegant high-end style of fighting that's classy that you dress up to go to and it's like this event that it's a spectacle we that all the celebrities have front row seats for and mma is this yo we're splashing beer on each other as we scream and fucking the blood splatters us from from, from the cage as the elbow lands and mm-hmm. holy shit oh my god and yo he snapped his arm off did you see that shit blah 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 oh they only made twenty five thousand dollars like <laughs> like all this all this fucking shit and it's it's just really weird how it's almost like boxing gets considered in like the high class version of combat sports and mma is still viewed as this back alley fight bar fight type of sport and the fighters are treated in in those reflections you know what i mean yeah like i I don't know that's just that's just how i view it you know it's 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 weird to me because the career of being an mma fighter like we just said with the unfortunate accident with the amateur fighter uh, from England when she died at 26 or 28, I forget what it was, is just, like you said, what are you doing? Why? Why Why are you doing this? There's no, there's no need, right? Yes? No? Yep. Yeah, I mean, perfect segue to what I wanted to ask you. How would you feel if your daughter said... Dad, I want to take martial arts. And then she takes two years of martial arts. She's loving it. She's obsessed with it. You go to wake her up and she's doing katas in the morning. She's fucking all over it. And then she's a teenager and she goes, I think I want to be a professional fighter when I grow up. Walk me through well, Walk me through your mind right now. <laughs> okay, so the first thing I would ask her is, do you have a backup plan? For in case, you know, uh, something to fall back on in case your your dream career doesn't end up working out. I'll just, I'll teach at the MMA gym. I'll become a professional coach. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but no, seriously, like, it, it's kind of like how they say, you know, you should always learn a trade. You know, like, go ahead, go seek out your career, but you should always have uh, some sort of knowledge of something else just in case something happens in life where 
you have to resort to that, you know? So like with cooking, for example, I'm trying to get out of it and I want to do something that has nothing to do with cooking. So right now I'm trying to pursue that. But in case that doesn't happen, whether it's for financial reasons or I, it turns out it's not for me, I have something to fall back on. Whereas with martial arts, okay, she's been training since she was a kid, whatever. She's really into it. It's not really just a hobby. It's more of a passion. I would still recommend being into other things. Don't just be so stuck on one thing, so focused. And I get it. Some of the greatest fighters have that mentality. But because, again, us being more aware of the issues of MMA, not just, well, sports in general, professional professional sports, and this whole CTE thing, and just injuries in general, she really needs to think about her options. Would I support her? She's 18. I would say yes. I would say okay. yes because I don't I personally don't want to be cause, yeah, cuz that's the thing, right? If she's 18, she's an adult. And at that point, well, she tells you at 16. She says, "Hey, I'm going to finish high school and then I'm going to go full-time into becoming a professional MMA fighter. I've been training since I was 10 or let's let's go young. I've been training since I was 8 or 9. I'm seven, I'm 16. I love it. I want to be a professional MMA fighter. I want to be the next Holly Holm or Misha Tate or Ronda Rousey or Rose Namajunas. And I think I can make this happen. And at 18, I'm going to go for a professional MMA career. And if I have an opportunity to be, do you know, professional Muay Thai or kickboxing fights instead on my way up to MMA, I'm going to do that as, as well. My backup so plan, here are your, my backup, okay, my backup right, so plan let's, is to let's be a Let's do a little role play, right? Okay. So here's, here's a role play. You're, you're my daughter, right? You okay. just said that to me? Yes. So you're 16. Okay. When I'm 18 and I finish high school, that's my plan. Uh-huh. That's my plan. Okay. Here's the thing. You're still living under our roof. Right. I don't mind if you don't if you choose not to go to college after high school, but you still need to have some sort of income. So, I totally support your decision in life if that's what you want to do. You need to understand the, the precautions and what could happen but also you're not just going to be training all the time not unless you're uh making money from it you're not just going to jump into professional fights even amateur you're going to have to train that's going to take time and depending on how good you are at this point it could take years it could take months but that's still money that's not coming in and you're okay. not living under this roof for free at 18. Okay. And you're not going to be unemployed at that age. So if you want to graduate high school and go into professional fighting, I'm down for it. You need a job though. No, I'm going to keep uh I'm going to keep waiting tables at night for the dinner shift. I'm going to do that. It's still a job. It's a it's job. Still a job. Yeah, so I'll be doing that. And I'm also okay. I also was told by the owners of the of the dojo that they said that they will pay me if I teach some of the morning classes to the kids and I do some of the fitness classes for the group MMA courses. Well, there you go. I mean, so you're still doing what you love doing and you're making money in two different areas. You know, you technically have two part time jobs or one full time, one part. You know what? You have money coming in. You can save up. And you're getting your training done at the same time while teaching younger kids who also aspire to do what you want to do. So I 100% will uh, be there for you for support. Okay. And I support you. But you need to understand what could happen. And that's when I would go into all these situations. You know, look at these college students who could have made more money doing that than fighting um uh, and they're dying right uh you know i whether and i you know what it is we're hearing about it more often in the media but i feel like it's always been around deaths happening in in uh professional fighting sports organizations you know it's just i don't know um but that's my thing. Like I, I'm, I'm 
I'm not going to tell her no, because then as a parent, I don't want her to uh, resent. I don't want there to be any resentment, you know, because I'm holding her back from doing what she wants to do. But I'm not going to not say anything and warn her about what's to come with that. What about your wife? How would she feel? I don't think my wife would be too crazy about it. Uh, (laughs) The thing is, is I've already had, because I've been on and off for 20 years with martial arts. And uh, I mean, I've, I've done, you know, like competition sport style. And then I've done actual defensive arts. Yeah. Uh, It's a grind. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, but it really makes you wonder, like, damn, this is just training. Imagine a real life situation, or your, or this is your job, and your job, you have to have that mindset, like, oh my god, if I'm gonna get a fucking paycheck, I could have one hundred one hundred percent respect for my opponent, and we could be the best of friends, we could be the worst of enemies. I have to have that mindset that I'm going to kill them. And do what I have to do to bring home food to put on my table. Yeah, that's that's why I could never do it. Like, and knowing that it. the opponent has that same mindset about me, I can't do it. Like you, like you've seen how many times have I been yelled at for not being hard enough in like training? You know what I mean? Because I was, I would yeah. always be like, "Are you okay?" And you'd be like, "Why are you asking if he's okay?" I'm like, "Cause." I don't, want, I don't want to hurt him. It's just like, yeah, you're supposed to hurt yeah. him. Hurt him. If he gets hurt, it's his fault. It's like, well, no, it's my fault. Like, it's, I'm doing it to him. He's got a mouth. He'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I forgot. That's what he said. <laughs> you said that. And I like, immediately got transported back into the dojo. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Meanwhile, an arm bar later, you hear a pop. From yeah, my exactly. Elbow. Like, oh, God. Hey, hey. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yo, I was at work and I was doing this, like shaking my wrist like I do. And yeah, the person in front of me was concerned. He goes, uh, are you okay? And I said, oh, yeah, sorry. Um, Just I got bad wrist, man. So I just this kind of like just shakes it up a bit for me. It just helps the feeling go away. He's like, okay. And I was like, it's just, you know, years of martial arts and like rock climbing and hockey and, and mainly martial arts, just my wrists are just not great. They're just like, mm-hmm. I'm going to have arthritis in my wrist 100%. And uh, he was like, oh, shit. I was like, yeah, that's, they don't, and I said this, I said, you know, yeah, they, they don't ever mention that. Like, the, nobody asks about, um, like, nobody interviews a fighter and goes, hey, what are some lingering things that you have to alter in your day-to-day because of martial arts? It's like I have to crack my right thumb because of Jay's fucking elbow and I have to pop my wrists and my ankles almost uh, hourly. <laughs> but at the, <laughs> at the very least, when I wake up or when I go to bed, I have to like pop like I just pop my wrist right now. Um, yeah, I have yeah. to just pop some things so I get some relief and then it's like, OK, I can sleep. Um, mm hmm. And you hear, there's plenty of fighters you hear, like, they're all stuffed up because of the broken noses and the cartilage, and, like, you don't, oh, yeah. like, they don't mention, like, the difficulty with earbuds, with cauliflower ear, like, like you never hear them talk about the day-to-day just ailments they have to live with now for the rest of their life because of martial arts. You just see the glory. You just see them winning, holding their hands high, sweaty and exhausted, but victorious. You, you, you see them, like, climbing the cage and screaming with adrenaline. You see them walking into the cage confident and... And you know, like, like looking deadly. Like, remember, remember Ronda Rousey's look—the look she puts across the cage when she was there, mm-hmm. just ready, just like hopping or pay, or like jumping left and right, just, just like I'm fucking ready. Let's fucking go. And she, mm-hmm. like, isn't in so intense of just I'm ready to fucking kill. Let's go. Um, that's what you see. You don't see the popping of the arm every morning because. You know, it's officially it's 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 going to always be damaged. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't see the popping of the hips all the time because of all the kicks they've thrown, and it's like knocked a, a loose socket into one of their sides. It's just like you don't you don't see or hear these things. And uh, he, he the guy went, 
that's a really good point. And that just reinforces the fact I never want to do anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, but I will say this. Um, I've been seeing more and more, uh, cause there's somebody at work that, uh, she, she, uh, grapple, she does, uh, BJJ and Mm -hmm. the more I watch her videos that she posts on Instagram, the more I'm just like, uh, I do kind of miss this. I, I don't miss the striking. The striking I actually never really liked. I never liked the striking. I've really? always liked the grappling side more. So I, I always think, oh man, I kinda wanna get kinda wanna roll just a little bit just to just to knock the cobwebs loose. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just to like knock the cobwebs loose and, and get the juices flowing again. But a part of me is also like at this point it's just it's not worth the risk. It's not worth the the rate of injury it's not worth the wear and tear that i've already been through it's just mm-hmm. yeah so but uh yeah anyways anything else you want to you want to say um not really actually i'm curious what what would your outlook on that situation be if you had a kid first of all lol if i had would a you kid. support it or would you be against it um Again, first of all, LOL at having a child, but because uh, <laughs> I, I just I, I could never imagine that situation for me. Um, what do I think? Uh, I, it's hard for me to say because I don't have a kid. I know having a kid changes your life dramatically and changes your outlook on things dramatically. I think if I had to, if, if I was told that and I know, well, first of all, it's me, right? So if the kid's been training since, let's say, they were eight and they're now 16 saying, I think I want to be an MMA fighter my uh being me here here let's let's pause for a second okay do you you do you have a sibling i have an older sibling yes okay uh no i guess it would still no no I, I i can answer i can answer the question if I, so what if your sibling no i don't fuck the sibling if i had a kid and the kid came up and said <laughs> okay yo right. i want to said the same thing i've been training for almost 10 years i want to become a professional fighter I would say, uh, most importantly, what is the goal? What do you want out of being a, a professional fighter? Like, oh, I just want to get paid to, to fight. It's like, okay, so you just want to be a prize fighter. Is that the goal? You want to be a prize fighter? You want to just... Is that is that it? You just want to get paid to fight? I could pay you... I could pay you every two weeks to fight at, at, the, at the local <laughs> Tojo. Like, what's, what is your goal? Like, what do you want out of fighting? That's my first question. Do you want to be the best ever? Is your goal to be an undisputed champion and hold a long title reign? Is your goal to leverage your character within the spotlight that you have and use that to like open potential business ventures like Conor McGregor? Like, what is your goal? Like, if it's just to make money, I'm gonna say that's pr- that's probably the worst way I've heard anybody say they want to make money. Because then I'm gonna say, well, how much money? What is your goal for a yearly salary? Because you dictate that based on your fight, on your fighting uh, uh, behavior. How many fights you plan on taking? Have you planned out your amateur bouts yet? Do you plan on mastering a specific background? Are you going to have a background in, in striking and then move on? For, it hurts that I'm a fan, right? So it's like I'm also going to be like, okay, cool. I think your grappling sucks, kid. I don't think it's good enough to, to take on some top-level grapplers in MMA. I think you need to step up. I think you need to be at least, you know, like a, a pretty high ranked in some jujitsu before you start talking about that. You know, like that, that would be my mindset. It, yeah. it would just be like, what do you want out of it? You know what I mean? And it's easy to say, oh, I want to be a software engineer. Why? I like doing it and I can get paid a lot of money to do it. Cool. Do it. If the answer was I'm really good at it and I know I can make a lot of money out of it, I would say, Sure. If that's something you know you can do. But again, if your goal is just to make money out of it, then that because you can make more consistent money by not being a a professional fighter and you could have more uh, reward and less risk by opening up a professional gym and training champions. If you were a Freddie Roach character and you had a gym and you had, you know, one of the greatest boxers of all time in your gym and you're the trainer and everybody wants you and you're featured in documentaries and movies and and interviews and people want you to be to come out and train their fighters and all this other stuff that's more lucrative i think as far as a risk reward ratio than trying to be a manny pacquiao 
right? Mm. Yeah. Um, Bottom line is, like, like you said, I would probably be supportive, but just my analytical style of, of how I live my life, it would be very much that for the child where I would say like, okay, what is the goal? Like, what are you trying to get out of it? Tell me you've thought this through. I'm here to support yeah. you. But if this is just like, if this is just like a stupid impulse thing, it's going to be like a jerk off first, then think about it response. It's going to be like, you don't want to, you don't want to do that jerk off and then think about it, you know, just blow off some of that steam and you'll probably have some clarity on the situation after that. You know, real quick before we uh, end this, um, I actually um, I experienced this in life um, as the child. So my entire life, I would say since I was, I'd say from the age of four or five until I was about uh, 21, 22. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be a police officer. Really? Um, yeah, I wanted to be a, a police officer. My uncle, who still is an officer, um, I just I always looked up to him. I was like, "Wow, that's so cool!" Like to be able to uh, help other people out and put the bad people in jail. Like that's awesome. Um, and then at the when I was nine years old, my dad had joined the force. Who and he's still on the force. Um, you know, and I was like, oh, man, like, my dad's a cop. Like, that's awesome. And um, he puts the bad guys away, and he makes all this money, and yeah, blah, blah, blah. So now, you know, I graduated high school. Mind you, I took up a trade, culinary, mm-hmm. and I was contemplating still, like, what do I want to do in life? Um, mm-hmm. I, ha- I had went to culinary school after high school, which was a waste of time, and... I dropped out. Um, it, well, it was more of like my parents had me drop out um, because first off, I was already certified from high school, and second, it just I still didn't know if that's what I truly wanted to do. Right. So, you know, I'm working restaurants, whatever. But at the same time, I'm finding out a the police department in such and such city is hiring, which is the town that my dad and my uncle work right and uh i was like you know what let me let me think about this a little bit and i actually started working out and training for the physical fitness test and um i actually just came across my police exam book to like go over the test questions and oh, stuff Oh wow! okay yeah i was actually like really gonna go through with it um but then after i had failed <laughs> miserably during the physical fitness because it goes by age, like your age determines how many of each exercise or what your time limit is yeah. for certain exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, like I said, I failed miserably, didn't even get to the written portion because of that. And my dad kept telling me stories every now and then um, about situations he was in. And he goes, you know, a lot of these guys, they join the force because of money and because of benefits but they don't have a passion for the job. They don't truly want to help people. They do it because of the rewards that they get out of it. Yes. An example is my dad has been in a situation where he's in the middle of a firefight, literally bullets whizzing by his head. They're shooting at his car. He's calling for backup. He's looking down the road. He can see like a quarter mile down the road, a patrol car who happened to be there turning around and not aiding my dad because they didn't want to deal with the situation. They didn't want to fill out any paperwork. They just wanted an easy, easy day at the job, clock out, go home. Yeah. While my dad was risking his life. Yeah. And it made me wonder, well, what kind of person would I be? Would I be that guy who would stay knowing I might not come home one day? Or am I going to be the other guy who's going to run away and not help somebody in need, especially my fellow officers? Right. Another situation, before we end, this this is the last one, a coworker of mine whose husband also works 
in the same town as my father and uncle. Uh, just last week, he did a drug bust, and there was a lady of the night, so to speak, okay. that they busted, and she bit him on the finger, cut the skin, it drew blood. Her spit ended up, what was on, obviously, the wound, and he now has to be... Um, he no, he now has to go to a doctor every month for HIV testing. Oh Jesus! This guy was about to retire in like the next year or two, and now this happens. And now the wife is upset because they have to monitor him for the next, I think, six months to a year. Yeah, he's got to go to the doctors once a month within that time because this stuff doesn't pop up right away. It could pop up in a month. It could pop up in a year, HIV. So for an entire year, he's got to go for testing. In that entire year, both him and his wife are now panicking, like, oh, my God. Of course, within a year or two of retiring, now this happens. Yeah. You know, it, it's so it's, it's little things you don't think about before doing something like that. And... You know, I was, that's what really convinced me. Like, you know what? Maybe the force isn't for me. Not that I would leave my fellow officer behind, but the idea, like, I might not come home. Yeah. To you're, my wife and kid. You're putting your life on the line for a job. Exactly. Or uh, something little, like, oh, someone bit me, and now within a year, I could have HIV AIDS. It could, you know, become this big issue, and I could pass away even from that. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, the, like I said, that that's kind of like uh, I know it has nothing to do with martial arts, but like it's it's kind of that similar situation, you know, where I went many years with this one mindset, you know, and of course I had those thoughts, like just the basic thoughts. Oh, I get to you know fight crime, but also make a lot of money on the side, and I didn't really think about what the job entailed. And I think yeah. that's what a lot of these people, and if, if my daughter were to ever do that, she, I would have to explain to her, like, well, it's not just, you know, oh, I'm going to beat someone up and get paid millions of dollars, because that's what the other person wants, too. Yeah, it's not just, so, I'm raising my hands in victory. It's not just, I'm in the glory, I'm in the spotlight. It's, I'm grinding away right. on two-a-days at a gym when it's just, like, a private professional class, and I, I'm in it, and... That's my life for month on month months on end. Just it doesn't stop. You know what I mean? You don't stop training. And it's just that's really what it is. And it's hard when you're young to have that perspective because you're too taken in by the mirage, the image of it, the illusion of what it really is. It's not you don't understand yeah. the the waking up with the bad back after getting like slammed too many times or the bad knees from dropping and trying to blast somebody with a double. It's it's not the it, it it's it's the illusion of what the positives are and not acknowledging the negatives. And I think that's what I would just say. I would just say, if you want to do it, cool. You know, that's that's your choice in life. But what is your goal out of it? Because right. are you ready for, you know, the constant driving to the gym? Are you ready for the constant dietary restrictions for, for fight camps? Are you ready for the constant sacrifice for you know, your long-term health, because there is no gaining long-term health from doing this. And if your answer is, yeah, I want all that. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah. But last words or no? Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, another thing I'd consider is like, again, this, this girl that just passed away, you know, like that was someone's daughter. And that's mm -hmm. another thing I'd have to take into consideration, man. Like, I don't know how I would be if that would happen or her. Oh yeah. That's a worst case scenario. You know? Yeah. 100%. Well, um, condolences to all those out there that sacrifice for the sport. Cause end of the day, it's like you said, yeah. it's, it's a, it's, it's a hobby. It's a sport. So shout out to, to those who are sacrificing for it, you know? Um, yes. But you know what? On a positive note, man, 
Have a happy Turkey Day to everybody. Gobble, well, to gobble. all Americans anyways. Gobble, gobble. To everyone else, have a happy Thursday. Gobble, gobble. Exactly. <laughs> gobble, gobble. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> positive no ending. Happy Thanksgiving week. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Yeah, man. Peace. Peace.